Welcome everybody back to War Room the Hockey Podcast. This week we are episode 74. Um, a little introduction here to everybody. Evan Rauer here. We are doing uh, Zoom episodes uh, for the foreseeable future here in the weeks and months ahead as we, um, as we ourselves deal with um, being separated and COVID restrictions and all that stuff. So um, but we are still bringing you information. We are still bringing you content. Uh, War Room the Hockey Podcast. This week, episode 74, uh, uh, brought to you by our friends, uh, North Palm Media, who is going to who is behind um, the audio that you hear, who is going to be behind the video podcast that you see here in the future. Um, North Palm Media, um, one of our companies, but also a friend. Uh, Breakaway Brewing, the Okanagan, uh, tremendous. Um, Tremendous craft beer, tremendous atmosphere, great tacos. Uh, new small batch on tap. It is a lemon marshmallow, uh, lemon marshmallow uh, ale that uh, has a, a milkshakey type flavor to it. So uh, make sure you stop in and try that before that small batch is gone. And try um, our staples like vanilla cream, the Pilsner, and eventually here in the coming weeks, version 2.0 of the famous lager that is very popular that we have on on tap at breakaway so breakaway brewing in downtown summerland in the okanagan valley stop in and see us there warm the hockey podcast episode 74 facebook and instagram like and follow us there engage ask questions uh, comments share stories we would love to hear from you we are still waiting for you there so make sure you do that uh episode 74 this week we are discussing a number of topics, rumors, headlines. Uh, the main point of our discussion, um, though, this week is personality. Uh, the personal personalities in the game, good and bad. Uh, the need for more personality, if there is one. Uh, the lack of personality, if there is a lack of uh, personalities. Um, based on a discussion I heard from a podcast that I listened to um, involving Nick Swisher, the retired uh, famous baseball player who had quite the personality and as you and as I like to say uh, he is the Paul Bizanet, the biz nasty of the baseball world so uh, Nick Swisher a fun personality uh, and he had a discussion on as a guest on a podcast about personality in baseball and the need for it um, and the need for more personality so it uh, gave me a Wonderful idea for this week's episode. So personality in the game, uh, settle in and enjoy. Warm the Hockey Podcast, uh, episode 74, Zoom discussion um, again this week. Enjoy the discussion, enjoy. Episode 74, Warm the Hockey Podcast. Concerned that we're out of that we're running low on personality in our game as of today, as of 2021. Is that a does that bother you? You you and I come from different generations. Sometimes it bugs me, and sometimes it doesn't. I it, it's like uh, it's like the old saying: everybody wants to play rough until until you start playing rough. Everybody wants to have personality in the game 
until somebody jumps out with a personality and then they go, what's wrong with this guy? What, I'm, what's concerned, I'm concerned a little bit. Um, I think within reason, there needs to be more personality. Obviously, um, it crosses the respect line when it's Evander Kane and his brick of money as a phone type of thing or, you know, or anything like that. Um, but I, but it would be nice to see, you know, your Nathan McKinnons and your Connor McDavid's and your uh, Sidney Crosby's have a little more outgoing personality, like a, like a, a biz nasty, um, just, yeah. you know, just a little bit of fun. Yeah. Not necessarily over the top, like you see in basketball, but just a little bit of fun, a little bit of, you know, I'm, I'm an everyday kind of guy rather than a real button down, serious monotone, you know, type of, type of stuff. It would be nice to have a little bit of fun. You don't want everybody to have a personality like this nasty, but it would be nice to, to, to see more players have, have fun with it. Um, yeah. Cause it does go, it does go to the discussion that, professional or not the game you play because you love it and the game is fun right so act like it's fun whether you're making 10 million dollars a year or you're making the league minimum six hundred thousand, you know yep act like the game is fun and like you enjoy it like don't go around acting like it's a chore or a job or this or that act like you're having fun with it and there's not enough of that no, I, I tend to agree. And, and we, you know, we need to spend a little bit of time on this today because there are, there are greatly polar opposing forces at work in the universe on this topic. Polar. So I, I, thought, that was a, I thought it would be a good thing to touch on simply because we do come from different generations and there's different ideas around it. But yeah. Um, I, there, I, I think I think in any sport there needs to be more of that fun-loving personality, um, you know. Like in baseball, if you've ever listened to Nick Swisher talk, that's a fun guy. He's yeah. a fun dude. That's a that's a biz nasty of the baseball world. Right. To have more, and you know, when you saw Nick Swisher play, that he loved the game of baseball. Right. You you want more of that. And it, and in the game of baseball, you wish Mike Trout had a little bit of that, you know, had, you know, and you know, he, he loves the game. You wouldn't be doing it otherwise, but just had a little bit of that outward personality that, Hey, man, oh man, I love catching fly balls. I love being out here doing this, you know, and, and there's not a lot of that. Unfortunately, there's a lot, there's too much of the disrespectful personalities that, that, cross the appropriateness line of respecting the game and respecting the culture and respecting the tradition of these games um, to where now it creates the idea that the only way to have a personality is to do it how basketball does it. Yeah. And, and that's just not right, but you do, but you want the personalities of the fun of the game, because if there's one aspect to youth hockey that, that they always tell kids, have fun, have fun, have fun. Well, whether you're making ten million, whether you're making ten million dollars, or you're out there pushing cones around in peewees, have fun. 
I, whether you're getting the ice time or not, enjoy it. You're out there with your friends. You're out there with the boys. You're, you're playing a game that you love. All this stuff. Have fun. What, what happened to the fun? I'll, I'll, tell you what happened to it. I'll tell you exactly what happened to it, but it's going to take a little more time. So do you want to get to, uh, you want to, get to some news and headlines first, or what do you yeah, want to do? I'll touch on some headlines, and then we can dive more into it. Um, okay. I guess the first one to touch on again, because it's happened so, so quickly again, is Tortorella benching line, eh? Um, though it's come out. <laughs> hey, I... <laughs> So, but I will say this I, I will, before you before you go. I will say this though: it has come out that Line A was benched not because of play. Um, the report, according to Tortorella and those reporting on it, is that he was benched because he mouthed off to an assistant. Ah. Um, so there's yeah. that. Um, Fair enough. And, and hey, to you know Line A's credit, he did come out and he said he deserved it. Well, that's a that's a first. So, as far as I understand, I've, I've not I've not seen Line A take a lot of ownership in his own action or lack of action over the last three or four years. And Line A did say that he's learning that it doesn't matter who you are with Tortorella, and you know, and that he deserved to get benched. Well, so, like, uh, we, we just spent some time on this in the last episode, and I remember. I remember talking about this uh, at some length with you about how this was just, this was doomsday. It's either going to get Tortorella fired or it's going to get Liney sent back to Finland when his contract is up or get him waived or traded for a conditional pick. This is not going to end well. This, there is always a chance. And if you remember 10 years ago, Pat Kane had some off ice issues. He had some he had some allegations of misconduct. He had the 20 cent issue. You know, he was, he was at a point in his career. And I remember telling you and your brother, this guy, uh, this summer, he's either going to get it together and he's going to become the star that he is destined to be, or he's going to be pushing a broom someplace because there's, this is not going to, he can't go on the way he is. And to his credit, like like I said last week, not only has he not missed a night of work in about five or six years, but he shows up every season, no matter who his mates are, no matter what his team looks like, and he plays, he, he scores 100 points, and he's just a bona fide superstar. He could have easily been out of the league six or seven years ago, could have easily and surprised no one. Anyway, with that, with that said, uh, Line a is at that crossroads in his career. He's got to get, he's got to decide if he wants to get his nose dirty in the defensive zone, if he wants to learn how to set guys up and, and play the right way, or if he wants to just stand over there and shoot the puck the way Ovi did for so many years, by the way, amidst a lot of criticism. So uh, there was, I found that to be an interesting uh, scenario, interesting situation so quickly after the last one. Um, the other headline, again, we, we talked about, um, and again, these are all headlines, again, that I mentioned um, in the intro to this episode that we're just kind of detailing now, um, but uh, more questions and answers with, uh, still, uh, with COVID and everything, as there's questions going around now of what they do if not every team can play 56. 
Yeah. So there, uh, there, there's rumors that that they might look at uh, win percentage at the end, you know, and everything. Um, but there is questions going around. Um, what happens if not every team can play 56, and not every team likely will? Um, there's an allotted time at the end of the year by Batman, a week or so to make up postponed games or whatever. But um, the more teams that have more games postponed one week will likely not be enough to, to, to make that up. So, yeah, it's looking like that. And I guess this is something for the board of governors to decide when it's over with, if you are the Carolina hurricanes or the Dallas stars or somebody that is now six or seven games short, do you want to reposition yourself? Do you want to try to cram those games into a 10-day period? Or do you want to go on win percentage? Or are you confident enough in your, in your ability to win games that the games that you do play, you want enough that percentage-wise you're in? Um, because, you know, Colorado's in the same boat. They've now missed four or five games. Yep. You know? And so... Uh, this is, but this is just a vote. I mean, it's just then you can't complain. We're all going to vote on this. It could happen to anybody, Colorado or Carolina or whomever. They could make up all their games. And then all of a sudden, somebody like Vancouver, who's played more than anybody else in the league, they could find themselves two or three weeks behind. What do you want to do? Win percentage? Make up the games in a hurry? How do you want to do it? Just vote on it now. And then there's no complaining at the end. Yes, we know what's going to happen. Yep, exactly. So... Agreed with that. Um, a few, what's that? How about the Burke signing? What do you think? I did see that. Uh, Hextall and Burke in Pittsburgh. Um, yeah. It's, it, what, it's, I, I was a little surprised. He, he's been really vocal about saying over the last six months or year that he's been on television, I'm not going back. I don't want to do that again. And then the first thing the first thing he said when he took the job was, this is the only place I would go in the league. Hmm. It's the only franchise I'd go to, which is, you know, self-serving. But I like him or not, whatever you think of Brian Burke, I don't think his honesty is generally in question. So no. I, I give him credit for that, and, and uh, we'll see what happens there. I, I will say it does create – yeah, I will say it does create questions, though, with the Penguins – on what they do with guys like Malkin, because uh, I don't see Malkin being a Burke kind of player. Um, now, obviously, Hextall's the GM. Hextall's making the decisions, but I don't see Malkin being a, a Burke type of player. So uh, with rumors going around that uh, Malkin's on the trade block and there's teams calling about him, does that pick up now that Burke and Hextall are at the helm in, in Pittsburgh? So, Well, I would... I would say this much without, and I guess I, I challenge you, Brian Burke would agree with this. They don't have a Brian Burke player on that team. Now, Crosby aside, right, because he does, he does everything. He plays a heavy game, and he's also a superstar. But there isn't anybody, gosh, I, I don't know, Brandon Tanev maybe? Um, outside of Tanev, who would you look at as a – as somebody can throw the body, let alone let alone play and go into the corner with Tom Wilson or drop the gloves with Tom Wilson or something like that. Who, like who can throw bodies on that team? I don't 
think there is anybody. Oh, so the, feistiest, up, the feistiest guy in that lineup that I can think of is um, Jason Zucker. Yeah, and he's like 5'9". Yeah, so, and again, I mean, if you can go to the corners and grind, I don't think height or weight really matters, but for the, per the picture of things, if, if that's your feistiest guy, then what does that say? So you may, you may learn real quick that Pittsburgh is going to have to go out and get Tom Wilson like guys if they want to continue to compete. So, yep. and I think if there's guys at the helm that, that will flesh that out, it's Hextall and Burke, but so that well, may, that may be good for Pittsburgh if they want to continue to be discussed in the, with the likes of Vegas and Colorado and everybody as contenders, then maybe they need a Hextall and a Burke to, to point out some of these flaws that, you know, Rutherford's great, but Rutherford wasn't doing so. Right. Well, now, you know, Rutherford won uh, two, what he won two cups in Pittsburgh um, with, without any heavyweights in the lineup, without any real heavy bodies in the lineup. He won two cups there. Okay. The only thing they've got to solve pretty quickly is, um, is not, you know, it's not a life and death situation. They've got another year on Latang. They've got another year on Malkin. Uh, Mike Matheson is under contract. They don't have anybody like at the end of this year, they got to deal with Cody Cece, uh, Yannick Weber, what, you know, uh, Teddy Bluger, Jankowski. They don't have any franchise breakers going on there. So right now, you know, with the cap space they have, they, which is none, they got to shed salary before they can make any changes unless they're going to pick somebody up that is going to be that third or fourth line plumber for the league mini and can wave someone, which is entirely possible, which I, I fully expect them to do. So it'll be interesting to see what they do there. I, I think that that core still has some real cup contending life left in them. Yeah. Probably for two or three years, but they they'll have to do something pretty quickly. Wouldn't you agree? Agreed. No, absolutely, hundred percent. So yeah, but, but I thought that was that hire was definitely noteworthy and, and interesting. So we'll see how that goes. Um, some quick hit, quick hit rumors here before we dive into things. Um, the Oilers uh, want to trade for a goaltender. That's the rumor. Um, yep, and they've called. Um, they've made a few calls on Darcy Kemper. Whether that happens or not, again, hence rumors, but um, that's apparently what they want because um, Kosselin and, and Smith might not be getting the job done, and they've called on Kemper, who has played solid and, based on last year's playoff performance, has kind of broken out as a starter that people want. So, yeah. Um, and imagine with how well he played if Kemper was on a team that could compete and had the likes of a McDavid or a, you know, Crosby or McKinnon or somebody like that. So, you know, should be interesting to see how that rumor plays out. Um, one point with respect to that, the challenge that every one of the teams in the North Division have is 
you can make that trade, but just like Pierre-Luc Dubois, you're not going to see him for two weeks yep. because of the quarantine issues. Thank you, Justin Trudeau. You're not going to see that guy for a while. So it makes life a little more difficult, especially if you were to be dealing with an injury. Yep. Now you're going to spend two weeks. You might, you might lose, good grief, you, you could lose seven out of eight before you get the guy out of quarantine and into the lineup. Yeah, no, agreed. Uh, a rumor update here, reports going around that uh, the Oilers were Jacob Markstrom's first choice before the Flames, um, but they, uh, but Ken Holland wouldn't budge on contract term. And Calgary was the team that would give him six years, six mil, um, you know, the six-year term, and apparently Edmonton wouldn't do that. That's the report. Um, who knows if, if that's true at this point since he's in Calgary now, but um, interesting to hear. So, uh, wouldn't or room, what's that? Wouldn't or couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. I suppose they could have figured out a way to, to, you know, juggle things around with, you know, waiver wire and long-term injury reserve and things like that and get it done, but probably would have, you know, it, here again, I, and I don't want to go off too far on this, but wow, I mean, he's he's been playing lights out in Calgary and what Edmonton might look like if they had him. But I don't know if you got big save Dave Riddick backing him up. How, what happens if, if Markstrom blows a groin muscle? My knee's got, you know, six weeks out. I mean, geez. How long, how far are you, how far can you ride Dave Ridden? Yes. Yep. yep. Absolutely. Uh, another update, uh, Canucks, uh, believed to be, um, talking, uh, about a three year extension for Jim Benning. <laughs> I take, I take the silence on that to speak volumes. Um, the Bruins, the Bruins, another rumor, the Bruins have um, sniffed around on uh, Jake Bertanen. Be a good fit. You, they, okay, real quick, I don't understand the Benning extension. I don't, I don't like a lot of what he's done there. I don't think the fans are going to be happy with that if they sign him on for another three years. Uh, as far as Vertanen is concerned, I like Jake Vertanen, have liked him since day one. Good young player, straight up and down banger, but you got to be a little careful with him. If you put him in the lineup now, you've got him and Nick Ritchie, who are the same guy. Yeah, you got to be a little careful. Now, granted, they've got some they got some smaller players in that lineup that are that they could probably stand to offset with guy another guy like Bertanen. It, it, think of the um, think of the Montreal model, adding yeah. adding to Foley and Josh Anderson. Um, you know that's that's a lot of weight. It's all good, and you know the the little guys the little guys in Boston because um, they've got Charlie Coyle, who's a big body. Jake DeBrus plays a big game. Craig Smith does as well. Nick Ritchie, Wagner does. You've only you're only left with maybe Sean Corrali. Uh, that really up front doesn't have a doesn't have a lot of elbows to throw. But anyway, yeah, I like listen. I love Jake Furtanen. Yeah, 
not made right. in Vancouver. Run through the rest of these real quick and, and uh, get to the rest of our episode this week. Um, Ottawa Senators are looking forward to move, uh, looking to move one of Mike Riley, Braden Coburn, Josh Brown, or Christian Willannon. Makes sense. Uh, Arizona Coyotes have terminated uh, Steve Sullivan. Yep, saw that. I'm not going to bring him back. Um, Toronto Maple Leafs almost guaranteed to trade for a winger who can play in the top six at the trade deadline. Hmm. That's per Elliott Friedman. Rick Tockett might be the most pursued coach in free agency, not believed to return to Arizona. Good coach, as we've talked about many times. Ottawa Center's GM Pierre, Do- Pierre Dorian uh, says that forward Derek Stepan never requested a trade, though there are reports that going around that he did. Okay. It would be a yeah. little early. The Ducks, Avalanche, Blue Jackets uh, are among the teams that have checked in on Flames forward Sam Bennett, who had, who uh, made no secret that he requested a trade uh, in the past week or so, yeah. um, looking for more minutes elsewhere. Nashville Predators, one of the teams that are interested in Adam Gaudet. Canucks forward and captain Bo Horvat does not believe that the team's slow start is due to free agency, he says. No, they're defensively horrible. And <laughs> yeah. yes. they, they just are. And I've seen them play a lot. Uh, I've seen them play probably seven or eight of their 14 games or so. And it's the same thing every night. And I hate to say this because they're, you know, guys like Horvat and Sutter and Bertanen, they've got some really, really good character guys in that lineup. And I don't understand them because this is the flat-footedest, sleepiest team that I've seen easily this season. And you compare them to a team that's really struggling like Ottawa. Ottawa plays a very much more up-tempo, fiery, in-your-face kind of game. Vancouver is just... I, I, they're flat. They're dead. I, I'm not, and it, it's shocking to watch them play that way. It's not how they finished the year last year. I don't know what happened, but there's no spark on the ice at all. I have no idea how to explain that, but they are way better than what they're showing up. And it's probably going to cost Travis Green his job. But as you and I talked about last season, Travis Green's one of the best young coaches in the game. And they were playing their hearts out for him, just like Brenda Moore in Carolina and Tockett in Arizona. I don't get it. And I've seen them play a lot. I do not understand. It's the same thing every night. They're just, they go through the motions until the ceiling caves in on them and then they lose. And they're given, they're not just losing. They're giving up touchdowns every night. Don't understand it, Evan. Uh, Finally, close out with this update and rumor um, before we get into our discussion this fully into our discussion this week that we've touched on a little bit. Uh, rumor going around that the Calgary Flames might take a chance on Pierre Engvall in a trade for Sam Bennett. I was just going to suggest, yeah. I, I, so Bennett comes to mind when you talk about a guy going to Toronto and holy smokes, like, like uh, Engvall is, they, they've got a handful of guys there 
that are just bubble Marley guys, I don't think the depth will ever get to them. So, and Engvall's one of them. And so, yeah, I, I would agree. Something like that. You probably take Engvall and a third rounder or something to get Sam Bennett out of Calgary. Yeah. So, uh, warm the hockey podcast, I believe, um, let me make sure I have this correct before I start quoting or anything, but I believe, uh, let's pull it up here. Yeah, we are in episode 74 this week. 74. I thought we were more than that, but 74. Okay, that's why I wanted to check because I thought we were, but... Uh, episode 74 this week. This week we are dis- discussing amongst clearly as you are seeing a number of other things, uh, personality or the, the lack of and need of personality in the game. Uh, before, if you haven't done already, make sure uh, you like and follow us on uh, Instagram and Facebook. Engage with us. Uh, nobody's engaging with us yet, which is frustrating, um, but engage with us reach out, ask questions, tell stories, um, anything like that. Speaking of that real quick, I do want to mention um, we, we've discussed the need and desire to, to have those types of heartwarming type of stories outside the, the stereotypical Humboldt Broncos. And I hate to say stereotypical. Uh, that was tragic. We're, they're in our hearts every year. Um, but my point is still valid. Um, on that on that note, though, uh, what the Boston Bruins have done the past couple weeks for AJ. Don't know if you saw that story. Uh, I didn't. Tell me in. Uh, let me pull it up, make sure I have all the details. But um, they've – bear with me here as I pull it up because I forgot all about it, unfortunately. So while we're waiting, Phil Kessel only has two more years on the, on the Maple Leaf payroll, just in in case anybody was wondering. (laughs) Okay. All right. So hockey community here uh, continues to come together to support AJ Quetta. I hope I'm saying that name right. Uh, A Bishop Fihan senior. I'm assuming that's a high school or something in the Massachusetts area um, who suffered a spinal cord injury during a hockey game uh, on January 26th in West Springfield. So um, Bob Sweeney, executive director of the Boston Bruins Foundation, joined um, the Zolak and Bertrand show on 98.5, the sports hub on Tuesday to talk about the Bruins fundraising efforts to help uh, Quetta. Sweeney chatted for roughly 10 minutes um, about how the Bruins organization want to help Quetta and his family after the hockey forward from North Providence, Rhode Island, underwent surgery on January 27th, following a headfirst fall into the boards in a game in a in a game against Pope Francis Prep. Uh, oh man, oh, man! I've spoken quote here. I've spoken to Quetta's uh, dad shortly after his accident, and I and I got to tell you, the support has been overwhelming. The hockey community has been. Uh, and the hockey community has been overwhelming, said Sweeney, uh, who he himself graduated from Acton uh, Boxborough Regional High School in 1982 and played for the Bruins from 87 to 92. Uh, Bruins recently announced their plan to pledge a minimum of $100,000 to support Quetta's recovery. So far, a GoFundMe page set up by Quetta's sister 
has raised over 800,000. Um, the way you all are helping my family and AJ is indescribable. Um, Elise, uh, quite a sister said on Instagram, I can't thank you enough. Please, uh, please keep on praying. Um, let's see. What, um, there yeah. are, so we brought this up an episode or two ago. There are so many stories in our game that need to be told. hundred percent. Yep. I just, I, you know, like, off the top of my head, I just I think of people that I've known personally, like Doug Wickenheiser, we've talked about uh, some of the great comebacks in the game. Um, we hope, uh, I talked with him last night, I hope we get Ryan Walter back on soon to talk about the, um, the comeback and the, uh, just the comeback in, in his life in general of his son, Joe, and from his injury in junior. And and um, all these, uh, there are there are stories of comebacks and stories of tragedy turned into triumph and and uh, perseverance and community coming together to to support hockey programs and players and coaches and parents and um, of course you know the highly publicized stuff is that God bless them the Humboldt Broncos but there everybody's got that story not not that don't get me wrong I, that that came out wrong. But everybody knows a story of somebody growing up that was uh, an underprivileged kid that, that made it, a, a kid that got hurt and came back, a kid that got hurt and couldn't come back but rallied his life in another way. If you've got one of those, and so many of us have them, some of us have dozens of them, if you've got any of those, contact us. We would love to put some air under any of those stories anywhere on the continent that you can relate. Yeah, Please do so, but I just wanted to touch on that um, because we've, it falls in line with some of the things we've said we want to discuss and have included. Um, so prayers to AJ's family and AJ as well. So Absolutely. Um, personalities, I know this, um, <laughs> we can dive into this real quick, uh, spend a little bit of time before we close out this week's episode, um, yeah. episode 74 of War and Hockey Podcast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Uh, personalities in the game, the lack of and need of personalities um, within, of course, within, within the respectful boundaries. Um, yes. So yeah. um, it's not, it's not a hundred percent, not a, a race thing, but a Vander Kane is not the personality you want to model. Um, no. It's not the personality the game needs. Um, no. And I would say, you know, just so nobody nobody accuses us of jumping, uh, piling on with Evander Kane. You know, I don't know, I don't know him, and I don't know Sean Avery. But when Sean Avery was playing, he was a he was a walking black eye. I mean, he was the things that he did. I know he's a he's a pretty popular personality out there on social media nowadays. And if he's got his got himself a little bit more respectfully together, good on him. But man. I used to cringe every time somebody put a microphone in front of the guy. Yeah. And here's, here's, how I would, here's how I would frame personality. It's great to have personality as long as when the cameras are rolling and the social media selfies and things are going out and the microphone is in front of you, as long as that eight or nine-year-old kid 
boy or girl who's watching and, and hanging on your every word and your every action, as long as it's fit for them to see, have all the personality you want. Yeah. Don't hesitate. Uh, you know, I, we, we talked in the beginning about how, how opposing the forces were at work on this. And yes, I would love to see Connor McDavid give a better interview. I'd love to have seen Joe Sackett give a better interview 25 years ago, but the play on the ice spoke for itself and they didn't need to. Paul Biznet, one of the best interviews ever. Colby Armstrong, uh, Kevin Hayes, Keith Yandel. These guys are brilliant and they're respectful and they don't break the code of the game. So yes, more personality, more, but as long as you're, grade four son or daughter watching the interview or watching the special documentary piece or whatever, as long as, as long as you as a parent are okay with them seeing that, then bring on all the personality you got. Yeah. Uh, we discussed on it before we started recording it. To me, the personality needs to fall in line with, you know, if, and, and that's the, to me, that's where, you know, it speaks skills and thing on the ice speaks for itself, but you know, Hockey's the greatest sport in the world, yes. and it's it would be awesome to see your McDavid's and your Crosby's and your um, McKinnon's and and all this stuff have more personality to show that they enjoy the game, that they're having fun with the game. Um, it's the greatest sport in the world, and you want to know that these people that you idolize and that you follow have fun and enjoy playing the game that you are growing up playing and inspire and are inspired to be just like them. And yep. you want them, you want to know that they have fun with the game the way you want to have fun with the game or the way you do have fun with the game. And to me, you know, for all the criticism that we've thrown in the past to him, to me, you want to have a personality like Ovechkin. Good point. The guy exudes excitement for the game of hockey from <laughs> yeah. his Stanley cup celebrations, swimming in ponds and, and fountains to, to the overjoyed reaction when his line mate scores a goal type of right. thing. Like you want to have that joy and that passion and you don't really see it from your Patrick Canes and your McKinnons and your McDavid's and, and all that stuff. And Hey, falls within the respect line. One of the great things about Joe Sackick was that when he scored a goal, it was, it was a simple stick raise. Yep. Cool. No big deal. That's great. No big deal. Act like you've been there before. I 100% stand behind that. However, However, there's something, especially with new generations and with the game growing and evolving and adapting, there's something to be said for, within respect and sportsmanship, of course, for your star players, for everybody in the game, but your star players, to me especially, being passionate and having fun and enjoying it. And if that means, if that means they, they go down for this epic celebration or they, you know, do whatever, then great. Like, let's see the, the excitement a little bit. And 
all, all while being within the boundaries of respect, of course, you know, res- respect your coach, you know, respect tradition, respect all these things a hundred percent, but you know, have some fun with it. And it, that's lacking, you know, and unfortunately, unfortunately, um, biz nasty is a great example of it. He's got a great personality. Um, but because of his skill level and where he was in the game, he didn't have the longevity in the game for the game to see that personality. So right. you, you want your stars, the ones who are going to have 20 year careers, hall of fame, all this stuff to have some sort of personality. And you're just not seeing that. And if you do see it, you're seeing it with, again, not to pile on, but you're seeing it with a Vander Kane who is in debt and is suspended and is dealing so with these problems and all this stuff. And it's, we got You got to find the balance. You do not, please, I pray you do not want to be like basketball, No, but you do. There's something to be said for allowing the players to express themselves personality wise with their fashion and with the excitement of the game to bring, to continue to help the game grow with the new generation. And that's what you want to see in it right now. It's lacking. Yo, you're, you're absolutely right. It's, it's what brings, if, <laughs> if you, if you watch uh, our neighbors play in street hockey or kids, you go to the rink before your beer league game or whatever, and you're seeing, you know, the eight and nine year olds out there, they obviously spend some time on their goal selling. So they're they're watching that kind of stuff uh be respectful like you said don't don't give me that wild selly you know score an overtime or something great or tie it up with a minute to go in the third fantastic but if you're up or down by four or five or a touchdown don't do a thing yeah right but here's here's the here's the opposition the theory is you're told from the time you're knee high have fun out there when we make, we actually poke fun at that whole thing. Reminding a, reminding an eight year old to have fun playing hockey is just stupid. So go have fun because it is a fun game. It's a really fun game. If you're making seven or $8 million a year, or even the league minimum, it's a blast. Hockey's a blast. If you're playing in the coast for 400 a week. So have fun at it. But then as soon as you do, somebody will turn around and criticize you for not being serious enough, not being intense enough, or being over the top with your enthusiasm or your celebration. Uh, so there's a, you, listen, you can't, you can't please everybody. You can have personality. And if you are P.K. Subban, who has a great time on the ice, and he's, a, he's got a flair for fashion, and he's a flamboyant personality, he's a huge personality, he draws a lot of criticism for it. And I personally really like PK. I think he's a great guy and he's great for the game. But he draws a lot of criticism for the way he is, both on and off the ice. 100%. So you I, be I agree. what you wish for. Oh, I agree. And, and again, I, t- I think the game needs more personality, but it needs to have the balance. Yeah. Um, I've been openly critical of PK Subban myself of – being too much like a basketball player in the way he acts on the ice. Um, there's, there's personality and there's fun and then there's showboating and there's, you know, all that stuff. Um, and he, 
has acted like a bit of a basketball player, you know, the basketball player that dunks. And after every dunk, he, he pounds his chest and, oh, look at me. And P.K. Subban tends to do that. And he'll score a goal and he'll be, he'll be over the top to where he's skating like Theo Fleury did all the way down the ice just to give, just to give this epic fist wave and everything like that. And his teammates have to chase him down just to give him a fist bump and congratulate him on scoring. That's to me, that's too flamboyant. That's over the top. Um, yes, there's a mixture of passion and excitement and fun in, into how he does it. Um, but to me, that's over the top. So the point is without carrying on, it's finding the balance of, of reading the scoreboard, re- reading the situation, all this stuff, and having respect for yourself, your teammates, and your opponents, but also having fun, knowing, knowing the right time. If you're up by six goals, don't celebrate. Just go to the face-off circle. If you're winning a game in overtime or you're an epic third-period goal to take the lead, whatever, have fun. You can have the personality on the bench with your teammates. You can do all this stuff like you see sometimes from TJ Oshie or even Tom Wilson during warmups. If you see the stuff they do, you know, all these things, that's fun. That's personality. You don't want to be over the top with it, but you don't want no personality either because the game suffers without personality, but it suffers with over the top disrespectful type personality. So you want to find that balance that in between to where you're excited and you're passionate, but you're not bringing unwanted attention, I guess is, is what it comes down to. Yeah. And in a way I get that, but also you got to remember, I'm just way more open-minded and receptive than you are. So these things don't confront me nearly the way they do you. Right. (laughs) You, you get that. Yeah. No, I Uh, I do. So I, but there, Remember this too, as as you know as well as anybody from being around these guys. There is no lack of personality in the show. You go in the dressing room, it is a or onto the bus or the plane, it is a laugh riot. It is absolute like just wet yourself funny with what these guys do and how they carry on. But it's what the public sees now. That's where, that's the difference. So there's no lack of personality, but we're all taught from a young age, just, you know, give them the cliche in the interview. Well, just, we got to get pucks deep and we're just taking one game at a time and we got to, you know, get in on our four check and we've got to get our feet moving. And, uh, you know, we hope to come out in the third and have a good effort. Okay. Blah, blah, blah. There are some guys you want to pause the television and tell everyone to shut up so you can hear the interview. And there are other guys that it's perfectly normal to leave the room and go get another beer when the guy comes on because you know it's going to be the same thing. I don't know that I necessarily, that as soon as a guy is honest in an interview, then he gets the criticism because he's now, he's now you know, said something offensive about his coach or his line mate or the, the fan or a reporter or something like that. You got to be really delicate about this, especially in the age of social media. Love the personality, love the humor, love the, um, lo- like think of somebody like Joe Thornton is a good example. Just a never, ever had a bad day at the rink. And there's a lot of them. What, how much do we want them to come on to display? when the camera's rolling yep. or when, when uh, the 
Instagram and things like that are, are exposing who they are. How much of that do you want to see? And I, I suppose it varies for everybody. Some guys want to see a lot of it. Some want to see none. Somewhere in the middle, there's a good mixture. I would advise you this way. If the guy coming on for the intermission interview is a dud and you know what he's going to say is a dud, change the channel, hit the mute button, leave the room. If the guy coming on is somebody that's got too much personality for you and you don't like what he has to say, whether it's torts or PK or, or whomever, same thing. Hit the mute button, change the channel. Don't sit there and complain about it. Like uh, there's a lot of good, great personality in the game. And I agree to bring kids in. Yes. Show off who you are, fashion and, and fun at, Make sure that the kid, make sure the eight-year-old knows that the 34-year-old who's still grinding it out, he's having just as much fun as you are. Yep. Yep. Well, we'll, uh, we'll wrap things up this week for everybody with episode 74. Anything you want to close on before we start to, uh, to wrap it up? Well, there's one thing that's been very, very troubling for me lately, uh, and I, it's, a, it's a trend I've seen in the game, and, I, and it's just, I'm not sure what to make of it. A few years ago, I would never have dreamed that this would happen in our, in our game. Players seem to be drinking a lot of wine. And I never thought you would get, a, get guys away from beer. In my entire life, I never dreamed I would, I would turn the television on or read a story or see an article on the internet or something like that where guys are comparing their wine cellars with each other or they're going out for team dinners and and ordering different bottles of wine and talking about wine i i don't know how concerned to be about this what's your take i like i thought oh, we, what what context we're coming at it from because you and your wine collection you and <laughs> you and your uh, white wine and vegetables for supper and, and everything like that, I could argue the same type of thing. Like, you know, my, my, my dad, what, you know, went from, from beer and cocktails and, you know, hamming it up to now sipping white wine and eating my, his Brussels sprouts. Like, so what context are we coming at it from? Now in that regard, in that regard, again, you could argue, you know, per access to the game on a more serious note, you know, maybe, you know, beer, you know, that's the separation. Beer is the the beer leaguer, you know, drop in everyday kind of guy like that. And the wine is is a fancier, more expensive drink that your multimillionaire athlete had maybe that's and has access to maybe, maybe when the guys were making thirteen fifteen thousand dollars a year you know a 24 of beer a 24 of old vienna or something like for eight bucks that's what you were after now the guys are making millions now you can have an expensive wine cellar let's blame it on that yeah and not the devolution of the uh, uh of the psyche of a professional hockey player or players in general and by the way i don't think it's fair for you to try to talk sense with me on this topic you know regarding my habits and why is that when did, when did this become about me 
I, I just don't think it's fair. That's all. I, well, I never, you, you bring it on yourself when you say that you, you know, you're, you're never wrong and that, you know, and I, I, I gotta say that I didn't, I set you up, I gave you an underhander and you knocked it completely through my, you knocked me right in the forehead with it. So I, I, I had that coming. Didn't see it. You before should know I by now that up. I don't miss the subtleties. Uh, all right. Well, I'll, you know, I'll, this, this goes, you kids out there, prepare. Look at your notes. Be ready before you say something. Know what you're gonna know what you're getting yourself into before you bring a topic up or before you produce an answer or a question for that matter. Anyway, I guess the the, the game has gone from swilling pitchers of beer to sipping and swirling little glasses of wine. And I'm just gonna have to live with it. Yes. Well. Anywho. Um... <laughs> More hard-hitting journalism from War Room yes. the Hockey Podcast. Yes. Oh, uh, another <laughs> Zoom episode this week, so thank you for joining on, on yeah. that, that platform. Um, I'll be here looking forward to the uh, recording the video recording studio being done finally, and uh, we've got a lot of COVID delays regarding that stuff and getting, getting all the material in and all, but uh, that'll be done one of these days, and I will be back in studio with you and We'll be, uh, we got a list of guests coming up and we're going to have some fun. Yep. Exactly. Fun, remember? What's that? Fun. Let's all have fun out there. <laughs> yes. Well, we are, to, to all our listeners out there, we're going to finish up on, on Zoom here once we finish recording. But for you all in the recording aspect, we are, um, we're closing it out this week. Uh, you'll hear from me as well. Also in the outro to the episode, I'll record at a different time, but for this discussion, uh, recording wise, we will close out for our listeners. Um, thank you for joining in. Uh, I'll say this again in the outro, but make sure you head to the social media platforms and you like, and you follow us there Apple podcasts and Spotify rate and review, um, subscribe and engage with us. We want to hear your questions and stories, all that stuff. And um, yeah, exciting times in hockey, though. A lot of questions, as we discussed earlier, with a 56-game schedule. Do they do all teams play all 56? Things like that. But a lot to look forward to um, in the hockey world as we move forward with the months and the weeks ahead. So um, again, thank you for joining on Zoom. Um, we'll close out uh, on Zoom ourselves after the recording, but to our listeners, we appreciate it. And we'll see you next time on War Room. Cheers, bud. Thanks. Cheers. discussion this week uh we're from the hockey podcast episode 74 thank you dad uh, brad to everybody else for joining on zoom again um i know it's not always the easiest thing with uh audio issues or anything like that but i appreciate it um it allows us to continue to bring content to our listeners um and continue to discuss the the sport and the game that we love so we're from the hockey podcast episode 74 as discussed in the intro make sure you had to 
uh, Facebook and Instagram, Warren the Hockey Podcast, at Warren the Hockey Podcast, respectfully. Uh, like and follow us there. Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Subscribe, rate, and review. Those are the two big ones to continue to help us climb the charts and grow. Uh, we appreciate all the support. Listeners are the driving force behind what we do, and we can't thank you enough for continuing to tune in and continuing to support us. Uh, please, I know we say it every week, um, please engage with us. Write in, ask questions, share your stories, heartwarming stories, heartbreaking story, anything. Uh, the game, it's part of the personality discussion. We want to have more stories than just typical uh, hockey headlines. So um, write in, engage, share your stories, and um, we'd be happy to give airtime to those. Um, Coming up here in the coming months, again, we've discussed Worm the Hockey Podcast will be, um, won't be leaving the audio platforms, um, but we'll be adding video platform uh, to its repertoire as we uh, do video podcasts on for YouTube, um, as well as our audio for Apple Podcasts and Spotify. That is coming in the coming months as construction and things finish and COVID stuff with our studio and all that. So look for, look for that. Dad Motive, look for that on YouTube as well. Instagram and and Facebook, uh, Dad Motive on Facebook and uh, Dad Motive Show on Instagram. Uh, like and follow us there. Uh, we are on YouTube for Dad Motive, uh, so make sure you subscribe, hit the notification bell, um, rate and review us there, and uh, continue continue to tune in. Dad Motive. We discuss uh, dad topics from fun topics like why women live longer to uh, chivalry and uh, everything in between fun uh, fun competitions and games to be had jokes being told uh, it's a good time the blessings of life podcast uh, that i do with my wife carly uh, look for that as well apple Podcasts and spotify just dropped a fourth episode for that um, talking about owning your blessings so um quick hit episode there about 15 minutes long as it's just me as my beautiful wife um is off doing wonderful mother things to our beautiful baby boy bennett so um but look for that uh blessings of life on apple Podcasts and spotify uh subscribe rate and review there as well we appreciate all the support on all the podcasts and all the media and all the content and all the business that we're, we're doing as our fam with our family and uh, for our listeners and, and fans and viewers. So uh, continue to, to support. We greatly appreciate it and like, and follow us on all the necessary platforms. We're in the hockey podcast episode 74 this week, all about personalities. Uh, thank you for tuning in. I'm Evan Rauer with war room and we will see you all throughout the hockey community. Cheers. Mm-hmm.